Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched several things this week, starting with the new Disney live-action film Cruella, which is based on the character from their animated film 101 Dalmatians. So major spoiler alert for both Cruella and 101 Dalmatians, although I don't know if it's necessary to say spoiler alert for 101 Dalmatians, but just as a courtesy, we'll give you that warning. We also watched Army of the Dead, which is Zack Snyder's latest film. It's a zombie film. It's out on Netflix. And we watched A Quiet Place 2, which is out in theaters, so major, major major spoiler alert for both of those, particularly A Quiet Place 2. We go pretty in-depth into a lot of the plot points, so you'll either want to have seen it beforehand, or if you're just not interested in seeing it, you'll be fine. And then be sure to stay tuned after our main discussion, as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? We watched Cruella. I am so curious what you two thought of this film. I kind of want you to guess what I thought. I'm going to guess you loved it. You're right. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I, I have things to say that I, that are not like it's not the, my, it's not the best film I've ever seen in my life, but uh-huh. but uh, I, I very much enjoyed myself. Okay, Jackie, did you love it? Yes. Okay. I mean, I have critiques, obviously. Could you two please explain to me why you liked it? I yeah. had a really Does good that time. Mean I will say. <laughs> I hated this movie. You hated oh, it. Wow. Okay. I hate okay. It. Well, okay. I don't know if hate is the right word, but yeah, I would I would like to hear what you maybe you know maybe I could be like turned around on it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously to me it was too long and it needed to be tightened up quite a bit actually mm-hmm. plot-wise. But I fully enjoy I mean, the Cruella character in general like yes, I do wish that we could have just let her hate dogs by the end of it and so make that make sense in context of the next movie mm-hmm. or in theory the next movie. But this fucking little girl who's just a badass a- about herself and just like willing to do what she needs to do and so, I mean, I live for that. Like, you know, the moment when her mom's dropping her off at school and she's like, they're lucky to get to know you. And she's like, I know. No, she's I like, lucky like, to have you. She's like, agreed. Agreed. I was like, I was like, I was like, you know what? I love you and I'm obsessed with you. And yes, let's move forward. And then, of course, I feel like Emma did an amazing job. I think she was fantastic. I mean, of course, there was a lot of Devil Wars Prada sort of vibes to it. But, I mean, I lived for most of her one-liners and, and her just existence. Are you talking and, about Emma Thompson? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. There's two Emmas in this. But, yeah, I was talking about Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, I mean, and then the fashion was really great. So, of course, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I liked watching Emma Stone sort of, you know, go become Cruella in some ways, even though it's sort of always been in her and and sort of developing that character and how mean she was to her sidekicks. I think that was really cool because it's so relevant to what the movies are. Because, I mean, the funniest part about Cruella in the original movie is how well, I mean, how poorly she treats them. And she like, you know, smacking them upside the heads and, and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I guess that's a really roundabout kind of way of saying I enjoyed most of it. Okay. Yeah, for me, this, it felt, if you took Devil Wears Prada and like, let's say Sunset Boulevard and like Ocean's 8 and they were in a room together and they decided they wanted to somehow procreate and have a baby. <laughs> and then they like invited the Joker along but he could <laughs> come for a tiny bit. Okay. And so he came and then he left, whatever, but then they still made this baby together. Like I feel like that's this movie. And I very much enjoyed that entire recipe. What, what I find interesting about it, I'm, I'm a, like, I think we've said, talked about this before, but I'm, you know, you both know I'm a born bred like Disney villains like fanatic. And I, 
have always had a rough time with Cruella as a character just because I just can't get behind the fact that she wants to kill dogs. Like, it's just, like, I don't, you can curse a baby, you can keep souls in your underwater garden and want to rule the ocean, you can, all these things, but, like, do not kill puppies. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. a, it's a little far for me. So I've always had a hard time getting behind that. And I'll start with my critiques of, I do feel like it's a, it's a more successful example of what they try to do with Maleficent in a weird way. I cannot stand that movie. I can't even talk about the second one because I can't even get through it. But the first one I could not stand. And I, I don't, I just don't understand why they have this thing where they want to make a film about a beloved classic villain that everyone mm-hmm. loves because they're villains. And then they decide not to make them a villain. Mm-hmm. This got farther along where she still was not a great person by the end of it. So she could still play She's a fun villainous super role. Likeable by the end, which I, yeah, like I wasn't like loving her as a person beyond loving the, the entertainment value, but I liked this as a movie in and of itself more than I liked it as a Disney film, if that makes sense. Like for me, the Disney, all the things I disliked about it were directly related to to the original Disney film and how they just didn't make sense to me. I think that's a really, really great point. That's, yeah, that's my big thing. Yeah. I mean, if we didn't have that credit scene where she sends the dogs to them and then that somehow makes sense later, I hate that. I was upset that Roger was like the attorney. I'm like, why is Roger even in this? Like Anita, I totally got it. I, they were school friends. That was a cute enough little like, that's all we needed. Nod. But why did Roger need to be in it at all? Things like that, which whatever. But I, yeah, by the end, I cannot comprehend a world where she, Jasper, or Horace would ever commit any sort of negative anything toward a dog. And so I'm kind of like, you just kind of recreated the character. And I like who you created, but it's not Cruella. So if I was a massive Cruella fan, I would have hated this movie. I'm not. I enjoyed it. So, I, I, you know, it's, I think it was fun. Exactly. I mean, I loved all the interaction they had with all the dogs. I liked Blink was my favorite character, probably. That was the, the, the little Chihuahua's dog's name, right? Blink or Wink? Wink. 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 Yeah. Wink. I thought he was really great. But I still don't see how this group of people are going to go into the next movie and try to kill puppies. So I think that they're rewriting the story. Uh, But if you leave all that aside, you know, if you pretend like it's not actually about Disney's Cruella or, yeah, then I like the rest of it. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. I mean, I think that's the nail on the head for why I hated this movie because I was like, there's no need to humanize these villains. The thing that makes them so enjoyable as like villains is that they're just, you know, sometimes just one dimensional bad people. And sometimes that's really fun to watch. And the idea that they are, first of all, that they're all supposed to be 18. Also, I didn't realize that that was Anita until you just said that now. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they said it was Anita, but I just wasn't paying attention. Like Roger, I got and I was like, why would that be? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just was like, this didn't need to be Cruella. This could just be a different story. I don't need these weird live action, like taking from their creative well and just wringing it dry things because- the fact that they're supposed to be 18 in this, which is just not feasible to me. Like Paul Walter Hauser, bless his soul, but he cannot play no, 18. No. Emma, maybe. That, you know, we're just supposed to impose all these expectations and like understanding on it because we've seen 101 Dalmatians. But then the stretch between this and whatever 101 Dalmatians is supposed to be is so far for me that I was just like, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Just make new movies. <sighs> yeah, no, I feel that. And it's like clearly with the way they're going to, if they do continue with it, they're clearly doing it completely because that that credit scene you know she sends them the dogs which is already 
completely opposite of what happened in you know in, in the original. At least, I mean, I haven't read the book myself, but at least the Disney film, the animated film, that's what I'm going off. Right. And I think I could have been. I, I totally. I get everything you're saying about that, and like it, it does bug me in that way. But I think it's because I don't have some sort of. I don't know. I just. I've never liked her. I think she's funny, but I can never get behind that motive. That it just. It didn't bother me as a movie as much, but as a Disney film, I'm not in love with it. I do think that there was a way that they could have, I think they even were potentially thinking about setting it up so that she would want to kill the dogs eventually because they did have these Dalmatians effectively murder her mother and all this, like, you know, at the command of someone else. But, but then but then don't I, like have her like any dogs, right? Like, you can't well, just like, totally. this woman only hates Dalmatians. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> totally. But I, I just mean they set it up in a way where even if you wanted to say she just hates Dalmatians or whatever, and that's, they said it, they were setting it up in a way where they could have allowed her to be someone who wants to kill dogs. We don't need to see her kill a dog in this movie. Mm -hmm. But they could have allowed her to become who she is in that original animated film. Right. And then they decided not to. And I think that they're terrified to have a movie where the protagonist is not someone you love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think think they're too afraid to do it. Yeah. It was interesting because I wasn't particularly fond of the idea that she would just hate these Dalmatians because they killed her mother. But I also think that, like, that was an interesting plot that they could have pulled into the next movie like maybe she starts to have nightmares or whatever but then you can't give her a best friend dog Mm -hmm. you know so I did kind of like that we kind of sort of moved away from that because it just seemed incongruous with the rest of the movie since they decided to make the dogs such big characters which is clearly like a choice but you know and then she's friendly with the Dalmatians at the end of the movie you know they sit down with her so I feel like this next Cruella, which they set up, uh, is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be the same 101 Dalmatians we know. No. Which, you know, maybe it does need an update, I guess. But why? Why does it need an yeah, update? I That's my question. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't. No, it's true. And I've seen, I've seen, obviously, it's not serious talk, but I've seen, like, comments behind Glenn Close being asked questions and things like that and talking about, oh, it'd be fun to do, like, a sequel, like, in the style of Godfather 2, kind of, where it's, like, oh, Glenn Close would be. Cruella oh, older and like reflecting back on things as Emma Stone, whatever, which again, I, that's not like a serious thing. I think that's being actually talked about, but they've in interviews and stuff, I've been hearing things like that. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it gets to that point where it's like, why, you know, and I, and I agree with you when this, when this got greenlit, I was like, why, why? And I think it's, it's also part of that where, you know, having no emotional attachment to it, I just kind of like, I don't know, I enjoyed it. And I, I, th- I told Jackie, I was like, that is a movie that I will just kind of put on in the same kind of moods where I do put something like Devil Wears Prada on or I put like Death Becomes or like movies that are better films but like these movies that are in my repertoire of just like films that I revisit constantly because I'm just like in the mood to watch something fun like I just I had a great time watching it and I, I agree that it could have been tightened up as well it was a little over long but I was entertained the entire time oh yeah I, 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 <laughs> I, it's so funny because I had such a good time watching it so I I mean I laughed really at a lot of things matt and i often laughed when other people weren't laughing <laughs> so true. so i feel like you know at the very least it, it hit it hit scores with us so we were the only oh, and the soundtrack that... the art direction like the, there and were just, so many I things i love a just pump a movement I, li- I liked all the, you know it was completely not possible for her to have shown up at all the events she showed up at and, and with the outfits that she showed up in and, and hold down a, a normal job at the same time um, especially having no money. Yep. But did I enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I liked when she showed up on the dumpster and like, you know, <laughs> through all the like 
garments at her. Like I was so into that. You you know what it reminded me of is Emily in Paris. No. No, yeah, yeah. Because remember, isn't there that oh, yeah. time where they like crash the like? Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you're yeah. welcome. Okay. You're welcome. Right. Emily and Paris did it first. Actually, I don't know if they did it first, but they got out first. <laughs> well, ooh, I yeah, that one that one burns ooh. a little bit. That, that uh-huh. hurts a little. But think about um, it. Tell similar, me more. I feel that. Yeah. I love that the beads on that dress ended up being larva of like that's moths weird. even though that was clearly more moths than there would have been and they probably would have suffocated in that vault i still very much enjoyed the like art aesthetic well, and the, of and everyone getting of attacked all. by them yeah but everyone getting like attacked by the moths made me really happy and so i, I mean i just i enjoyed so much of it that it's hard for me to yeah again i think if this film hadn't been called cruella i would have been like all right this is pretty yeah, good like oh, fun yeah yeah yeah, well, not good, I mean, but yeah. I, I would have been, yeah. been more forgiving of it. Because there are moments I enjoyed. Also, I I will be nice. I will give credit where credit is due. Emma Thompson mm. looked spectacular. Like, she's yeah. obviously her performance was also, I think, the best one in the film. But mm-hmm. I was just like, damn, Emma. Damn, you look good. Yeah, it was troubling. Yeah, she was, she was flawless. And I liked her character because her character was just unapologetically evil. And well, I, this whole, yeah. like, nature nurture shit, I was just like... Are you kidding me? I like, love that she see, was about to kill her fucking daughter. Like, I was yeah, so Yeah, that's fine. It. Commit. Commit you to know? your life. Um, well, and to that point, I liked that she was about as evil as I feel Cruella probably is in the original. And when I was looking at that compared to Maleficent, I hated that they made King Stefan a villain in that. Where it's like, he's one of the more beloved Disney dads in my mind. I, I love him. And they made him a villain who was worse and doing worse things than Maleficent ever did in the, in the story. <laughs> and so it's this thing where I'm like, What? And I liked here that I thought it was smart of them to have this take place before the, before 101 Dalmatians and to just make a new character who could be deliciously evil that we could love that was clearly part of an influence of who, who Cruella will become. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I liked that part of it uh, a lot. And so that that also gets major kudos. And I mean, Emma Thompson all day, every day, but she was fantastic. In it. I, mean, I thought, I, I mean, and her. I'll give Emma Stone credit. I think she did great oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Um, Nice. I think there was you know, <laughs> that, um, that accent was rough. Like Dana that was her. that was. I mean, she's our yeah, top I, Asian I actress it. out there, so you know, it's, gotta, it's true. <laughs> I gotta represent my people. Yeah, it's true. She's what? Oh, oh you, uh, haven't, you haven't seen uh, Aloha? Aloha? Aloha, where she was cast as a half Asian or quarter Asian person. Yeah, she had a, oh, like yeah, I don't know. specifically described as like a story point that she yeah that had she's Asian in her and Asian she was yeah the whitest person on the planet. Yeah, yeah, it's her, it's her and Scarlett Johansson are our two top Asian actresses. There you go. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. do remember. I remember that one. Yeah, it was. It's yeah. along those lines. It's about. Yeah. But, but I. But with Emma Thompson, I what I loved about her brand of evil, and like her character, is I loved that she wasn't just like self obsessed and totally not there. She like just was amazing and knew it. Mm-hmm. And then, I love that she would like even with her and the Cruella. Like my one of my favorite scenes when there she and Emma Thompson. Or Emma, or Emma Stone, Estella, or at dinner together, or drinks after the dress was made. She's like, "Oh, I've done it again," you know. But after the the moth dress was made, yes. and she's talking about like the whole eating the olive, and she's kind of like, the, "Do you have the killer instinct and all that?" And I love that conversation because I love when they're talking about it. And Emma Stone brings up like Cruella. She's like, "Well, you must hate her and everything." And she goes, "You know, I'm conflicted because she's she's obviously brilliant. She's like this and that and all these things. Like she's calling out like you know, she's not just like." Oh, she sucks because she's her rival. She's like, no, she is pretty amazing, but it's her or me, and it's I'm gonna choose me. And I, I like anyway, like that she was 
calling out what was good when it was good. And she was obviously drawn to Estella. And then I just loved that it turned out they were related for that reason. Because I liked that it was like, this is a genuine narcissism that runs really deep to where she had no idea that was her daughter, but was acknowledging her daughter had this like born talent that she had, even without knowing it was her. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I liked that element of it. I thought that was really fun the way they, they did that. Yeah, I guess the whole, like the way Jasper and Horace are also, that was hugely challenging for me because I was like, I liked those characters, right? Like I don't have any, I don't have any affinity towards the film 101 Dalmatians, the animated one. I'm not a big, it's not one of my favorites or anything like that, but you know, I don't have a strong memory of them from that film. But for this, I was like, you're kind of like nice, likable guys. Like, why are you sticking with her? Because they're not dumb either in this, right? They're relatively competent nice people who are just super loyal and I'm like this person is being a monster towards you why are you really gonna go along with this this I actually thought they explained it fairly well I mean in the sense that they all grew up on the streets together and went through a lot and she she does the abusive thing where she's nice to them sometimes and promising to get better sometimes um and then treating them like shit other times and I think that that's like a cycle it's really hard to break out of you know, yeah, you are right. You, yeah, especially if you have no support, right? Which they, in theory, only have each other, right? So I don't think that they even have outside influences that they can talk to and and have them encouraged to make better choices, right? All they really have is each other, and you know, and she's telling them, "Oh, I'm sorry, it's only going to last a little bit longer. We only, you know, whatever it is." Yeah, I was kind of hoping that when she broke them out of prison, I was kind of hoping that it was going to be this thing where they were like now like complete, like something would have happened to where they became like these refugees kind of where they're like really wanted and she's like providing I will keep you protection safe. for yeah. them and like turns that into was, this That would have been thing. fine. Yeah. But that I was that hoping that's where they were going because I was with you where I agree that I, I, I bought it enough in the movie, but the whole time I was like, these are like nice guys. And in the animated film, I like Jasper and Horace as well. I think they're actually, they're like the comic relief and they're funny. Mm-hmm. They're clearly terrified of her and they don't actually want to kill the puppies, but they kidnapped them for her. And they're like, you know, but she's like, you got to do it, do it before, you know, like she's like trying to get them to kill the dogs and they seemingly are going to do it. So they are villains, but, it, but like they are definitely less hateable than she is and they are clearly terrified of <laughs> you know yeah, I, I mean? guess I guess I didn't get the sense that they were like scared of her. Exactly, right? I like, felt like they, they were they were more complicit in her crimes in this scenario than like. And the fact that they showed, oh, should we like they were questioning it? I was like, no, 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 no. You're making them too multidimensional for the yeah. for the eventual roles they're going to fulfill. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the problem when it's something that's prequel, something we already know. You're thinking about, well, hey, they have to get here. It's like not to open a can of worms, but it's like when watching the Star Wars prequels and you're thinking of Anakin and Padme, and you're watching like Episode One, you're like, wait, but you guys are gonna. Yeah, you're going to... You know, like, it's like, because we're already thinking, because we're already thinking that we know they have to get here, you know? And so it's kind of the danger. And then I would argue, before the finale sequence, I mean, they were sitting up there on that little balcony. It was Jasper and and Stella. And I would argue, I felt a little bit of romantic vibe. Oh, I 100%. I was like, are they going there? Like, (laughs) and then they didn't, but I was like, no, they, they were definitely setting up like, yeah, like and, and that it. was also I was like, OK, is that going to be the reason why? Like he's in love with her. And so, yeah. you know, and the, the Paul Walter Hauser is just along for the ride. Like, I don't. I Yeah. And it's interesting because Jasper was the one who was like very much standing up for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was this thing where it's like I almost would have rather than it was reverse where 
yeah, maybe he was falling all this in love with her and she, you know, he's just like becomes this thing where he feels indebted to her or what the heck ever and it turns abusive. But like it was kind of weird because they added, yeah, so much depth to it that like I just can't see him getting there. And so whatever they do, it'll be drastically different and I can almost guarantee that whatever they do next, I will not like. <laughs> but I'm hoping it won't make me stop liking this because I did enjoy it. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It was not for me. <laughs> I, I think I knew that going in. I knew. I had a cautious hope, and then I was pleasantly surprised. I think it turned out exactly what the trailer made it look like it I would, would agree be. with that. Yep. And so I would say if, if you really, really enjoy the trailer, then like you'll, you should probably enjoy it. Just watch it. But Also, I just have to say, the CG Dalmatians are so offensive. <laughs> they were sometimes, sometimes they... so bad. I, it's funny. I said to Jackie so after like some of, because most of the dogs that I could tell were CG and yeah. were a couple shots here and there, maybe where they weren't, but for the most part, because there was some wing stuff and there was some of her dog buddy or whatever his name was. There were a few things that was like, Ooh, but it was almost like one of those things where I was happy that that meant these dogs were not on set. And that they were just kind of like, like, you know, I wish they looked sure, but I liked that. I was like, oh, it's kind of because I, you know, sometimes I feel bad for animals on set, but sure. I would, you know, you, I know you can make better CG Dalmatians. Like, I I don't, I don't excuse it. I just like it. That's what it would be. You can do CG Dalmatians, but don't, it's where did your budget go? It all went to the clothes. The answer is it all went to the clothes, but I was like, yeah, but to that, and I agree with you. And to that point, I will say, I like that at least of their, reimagined classics whatever we're calling these um i like that well yeah but whatever no i (laughs) you know like whatever they call them i liked that this one at least for the most part looked real like the cg yeah it's like where like come on you could do better than this and you should but i what i what drives me wild about the ones that they've done leading up to this for the most part is this weird kind of like their version of the world and Mm -hmm. it's so everything looks fake and then I yeah. guess nothing looks terrible because everything looks terrible, whereas this looks real, <laughs> so then the CGI stands out more. But I, I liked that this felt like a real environment. <laughs> so I'll say that. But I, I agree. There were some shots like, ooh, whoa. No, no pun. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder. Speaking of movies who should be trimmed down, I don't know what this movie How? thinks it is that it deserves to be two and a half hours long. Was it two and a half hours long? It was sure I as I couldn't hell, even believe long. it was still going. I admitted so I had to mad. break it up because I had I was to, like, like, how is this movie but... still going? I swear to you, he decided he was listening to Viva Las Vegas one day and was like, you know what would be really funny is if we had Viva Las Vegas going and it turns out it's a zombie apocalypse. Like, I feel like that was the whole basis for the plot. He was just like, I see this one image in my head. I'm going to make it happen. And then we can build the plot around the rest of it. Sure. Uh, That's very fair. Yeah. I think that's probably how, uh, and forgive me, maybe I'm biased here, but I think that's also probably how a fair amount of zombie movies uh, become. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very similar way. Um, I will will preface this by saying I am not a zombie movie fan for the most part. Um, There's a few that I like. They're pretty few. I mean, they're far between, right? They're just not. Like, what's an yeah. example of? Uh, I liked Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, that's a zombie movie. I yeah, like. Also, I like. You liked his original Dawn of the Dead, right? Well, his yeah, I like Dawn of the Dead. Dead right? mm-hmm. okay. I do like Dawn of the See, Dead. See, I'm in that same boat where I'm not a zombie movie person, pretty much at all, except get ready for it. Except for the Resident Evil franchise. That's like I do like only, Resident Evil too. I, and I and I and I will and I will never stand here and tell you I think they're amazing films I, at all. 
Okay. But I get so into that. Obviously, I love Mila Jovovich as well, but just overall, like it's it's the story, as dumb as it is, behind the zombie stuff that I really get into. But even then, the zombie stuff's just not not really for me. But like, there's so many stylized, cool like fight sequences in those movies that are so over the top and dumb that I love. Like in that first film where they're going through that hallway and all the lasers are coming through, I live for it. And then the one guy gets. I I have no frame of reference because I can't do zombie. Like, I'm scary movies are not for me. And so, Uh, okay, I thought you were like a total zombie. Oh no no no! no. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. No. Um. Yeah, I I like the Resident Evil. I mean, I can't say I've even seen them all, but I like the first couple. I've seen Um, because I like them all several times. I enjoy it. So yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest zombie aficionado. In fact, I I think Matt agrees with me, but I'm I don't remember. But I think like, you know, honestly, I don't want to survive the zombie apocalypse. I'm not really <laughs> sure why anyone does. So whenever people ask me that question, I'm always kinda like, I would rather die. Like, why would I want to fight that hard? I mean, it sounds awful. That's but, a yeah. great question and relevant to a quiet place too, which we will talk about later. Yes. I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so not fans of the film is what I'm getting. It's funny because I felt very confused by the film. I felt like it, I think it's confused about what it wants to be. And I could be totally wrong about that. But I kept on being like, wait, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Because I was laughing. I, I found it quite funny. So I, I won't I say I didn't I think there are points you are supposed to be laughing at. I don't know if they're the points you were laughing. But you know, The thing is, I was laughing at things that I, I was like, this, the concept of this could have been... <laughs> the 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 higher functioning zombies that I mean they were, let's be honest they were the right. alpha zombies or whatever they were yeah. they and all their screaming and moaning but these things when <laughs> the pregnant one and like I knew she was pregnant because like he kept on like touching her belly, to her belly and all this that whatever. made me so uncomfortable and yeah it's like so we're supposed to be like oh we're really excited because they've finally learned how to procreate that way instead of just biting people because that's more important for some reason but when he's like carrying her corpse into the pool, the empty pool room and like he starts crying he like rips out the, the fetus and he's like raising it up and screaming and crying i was like choke laughing and i was completely sober yeah, I don't think you were supposed to be laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, and so that was my thing is I was like, ooh, I, I don't know if this is like a total parody of zombie movies or if this is yeah. trying to be serious with some moments. Of no, that was that was trying. That was that was a serious. Yeah. Movie. And I and so I really wish I had been inebriated for it. And I may Fair. someday watch the inebriated because I I wasn't not entertained. I think it was too long, but. I was fine because I was finding it funny. It also was drawing major references to a favorite drunken movie of mine that I think Jackie agrees with here, but Doomsday. The plot was like practically the same as Doomsday. It really was. With Resident Evil Part 3 mi- Extinction <laughs> mixed in because it took place in Vegas and like the way. I was like, this was literally like that. And I love that movie. <laughs> I kind of do wish that I had been drunk to watch it. I think I would have found it funnier. I guess I guess I will say that I think Zack Snyder always does have a really amazing art direction. I don't know if he always works with the same people and that's why, but he does have a cool sort of stylized thing. I liked that they replaced the troublesome dude with Tig. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. But I mean, mostly bored, but I will say that like, it's just not my thing. So sure. it's, I'm not a good judge of like, like the opening scene where they... <laughs> Like somebody runs into them and somehow it causes an explosion the size of, I don't know, a whole city. Yes. Yep. I was like dying of laughter because I was like, this is so ridiculous. Who who would do this? So yeah, I mean, I think Zach knows how to tell a a fairly interesting story for the most part. I think someone needs to tell him to trim his shit down. Mm -hmm. 
but overall, you know, fine. Did you two see this in theaters or did you watch it at home on Netflix? I, I watched it at home. Okay. I, I meant to see it back going to a theater, but then I... It was I in it was theaters for, for like week, a right? week. Yeah. Yeah, I missed it. But I have very high ups and very low lows with, with uh, Zack Snyder in general. Yeah. Like, there was a moment in time where I would have told you he was one of my favorites because I've been obsessed with Watchmen. I, I've been obsessed um, with Watchmen. 300 I was loved great. 300. 300 was great. But... I love Al- Guardians of Gahul, the owls. Um, yeah, so when <laughs> he... I always forget that that's him. So like literally, but when he first started, that's what he had done. He had done Dawn of the Dead, which is one of the, one mo- one of the zombie movies I really like. And then he had done 300, and then he did yeah. the Guardians movie, and I was like, oh, we let, I like him. Yeah, well, and, and, okay. and I love, and so when Watchmen's like my pinnacle of like, I just love that movie. And so I, there was a time to where I even was defending like Sucker Punch a little bit. Like it was uh-huh. like, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I mean, I was hoping it would be really good because at that point he had had a really good track record. Um, and I liked Dawn of the Dead fine. I never watch it, so I can't say I love it, but I liked it fine when I saw it, I remember. Yeah, same. But yeah, I thought, okay good track record and then i don't know and then ever since the dc stuff if you're not counting Watchmen, because it was a separate thing at the time but i can't get behind anything he's doing right now with the dc stuff and i always thought it was linked to passion because it was like you know i was at comic-con when he was talking about Watchmen and brought that cast out and how much he was like i have to make this it's like in my dna i cannot do it and then i was at comic-con when he was talking about superman returns where the blandest panel i've ever sat through in my life where it was like chris nolan called me and was like hey, you should make the next Superman film. And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, maybe. So then I went down to the comic store and bought an omnibus and read about Superman for the first time. And I was like, okay, that's why this movie wasn't good. Because you don't care. You're just getting paid. But I would It was, it was honestly the most boring <laughs> so, thing yeah. ever. Because him and... Um, God, but I think he cared about this. And so that's why I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't... <laughs> do you remember, going back to Comic-Con for a moment, do you remember, I think it was like the first Justice League announcement where they just had... Affleck, Godot, and um, Godot, and uh, uh, Cavill, and like mm-hmm. Zach, like walk out, wave, and then go back. That to me was the worst, yeah. most boring. I was like, oh. I mean, that was the what? most insulting yeah. thing in the entire world. You brought these motherfuckers yeah. down to San Diego, and then they didn't even say hi. Yeah, yeah just wave. It was it hostage was wave. <laughs> yeah, no, and I agree with that. It was more that the Superman Returns one from the previous year or whatever, two years before, whatever it was. It was just him and Henry Cavill, and they had a whole 45 minutes or something of, oh. of panel. Oh, and you know, and, and Cavill is, like, pulling teeth to talk to at these things, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and Zach was not that passionate-seeming, and they're both kind of, like, serious and kind of bland and not really responding to the Hardwick jokes. Like, the, I mean, Hardwick you know, was for that. He yeah. was working overtime, just, and it just was, was not... like, oh, my God. And I was excited for the movie at the time, because the trailer, I still stood behind that teaser trailer. I thought that was great. Like, it was like, oh, wow, this is going to be an emotional Superman film. And then I was like, no. Oh. It was terrible. You know, and it's not the worst thing he's done in the DC Universe, if you ask me, but it's, it's not something I ever care to go back to. But the whole point of that was, I always thought that with him, it was directly a thing that was linked to passion. He obviously knows how to tell a story. He knows how to direct action sequences. You know, he knows how to do a lot of things that can make a really entertaining film. But listen, I think if you're a zombie movie person, I think this probably is for you. I have a couple of friends that I'm probably going to ask that I know like zombie movies to see if they liked it because I'm guessing they did. I don't think but, it is. I, I actually disagree so? with that because I I don't like zo- I don't like scary movies. Like I've said it time and time again. I generally don't like zombie movies. I think I've said I've, I've watched a couple seasons of The Walking Dead, but I don't like the zombie parts of that. Right? Like I like the character, character. drama. And so watching this, I was like, oh, I can handle this. 
which means the like the hardcore zombie people, like not mm. interested, probably. Mm. Okay. It's my guess. I think there were some yeah. like silly like heist elements. I was like, okay, it's Ocean's Eleven, but with zombies instead of bank, whatever, like locks. But I just I don't think it's gonna hit that like scratch that hardcore zombie fan. Yeah. You know, there wasn't enough gore and blood and crazy murders and whatever to be off-putting to, like, an average audience that tips that. Yeah. I, I think, at least. That was my... Well, and I did feel like it was missing the horror element a lot. Yeah, it was You know, like, scary. where there wasn't a lot of, like... Like, I guess when they were walking through trying to be quiet as they were all hibernating or whatever, that could have been suspenseful and kind of like, oh, it's scary. But, it, but they, they really didn't take any big, like... Not that everything has to pop out and scary or whatever, but they didn't take any real big opportunities to do that yeah. it was very action-y it's, it's like if aliens a horror film and aliens is the action film i hate to even say that because obviously this aliens is leaps and bounds above this film but where it just kind of focused a little bit more on that element rather than the horror thing that a normal normal movie would again i was i was laughing at things i thought that a lot of the performances were really not great i think we've talked about this before but not the biggest fan of the pro wrestlers who try to be actors even though they are acting when they're wrestling but i i I'm not a big fan of it. And it, the, the heartfelt stuff with the daughter and everything. Who, The daughter, Ella Purnell, I think her name is. Um, mm-hmm. I always like seeing her. She was she was young Ruth and never let me go. So every time I see her, I always think of <laughs> think of her in that when she was a little kid. But that was fun. And then obviously, like, uh, what was it? Theo, Theo Rossi was in it. And I was like, oh, God. Like, what is, the, you know, he was Shades in, in uh, Luke Cage. But he was like oh. the bad, the sacrifice. Yeah, which yeah, that, yeah. Which that plot point. I hate that plot point. It's so dumb. Can we just and then <laughs> all of them? I, did, I didn't hate it because I was like, at least he got it. Like it was obvious that he was going to get his comeuppance. So I was like, all right. But if all that guy needed, oh, I was talking the plot point of having to like the sacrifice. I was like, just the thought that like they they just need to sacrifice, then they'll let us in to do whatever the hell we're doing. The fact that like that guy who I was annoyed that the guy that no one trusted ended up being untrustworthy. <laughs> it was like really that was not shocking. Like you know, but yeah. that he. All he need, he just wanted to get the, her head or kill one of them, whatever. And I was like, why, then why did, why bother with any of this? Like you had her right there at the entry. You could have just taken her and been like, just kidding. This is all, that's all I need. Yeah. It was so like this movie didn't need to happen at all. And then it did the thing that I know we're talking about movies, especially this week that are, you know, you have to a little suspense of disbelief, <laughs> you know, but like a little is an understatement, but yeah, but it did the thing that. I'm hugely unpopular that I'm not a big fan of J.J. Uh, Abrams' Star Trek films either, right? I'm just not. And the first one did this too, where in my mind, they set up a rule for how something works, and then they just conveniently change how it works for whatever the scene needs later on. And it always drives me crazy. In Star Trek, it was the way that the, the red matter, antimatter, whatever that, the way that worked. And it was like they dropped a little vial of, or like a little drop of it in the center of Vulcan and it, the whole planet. I, I honestly consumed. don't remember most yeah, of the Yeah, and then later Abrams. on, it's, yeah, and then later yeah. on, it's like, a, you know, it's like, and it's, it takes 10 minutes for this little ship to get destroyed by it because we needed a dramatic, like, thing, right? So it bothers me when movies do that. And I felt like they were doing that here with these bites and stuff. Like at the very beginning, we saw this, these, these soldiers turn into these zombies almost immediately after. Ah, yes. Later on. Like the incubation period. Yeah. And then later on, we have to sit there forever to watch Dave Bautista and his daughter try to have this emotional scene about the fact that he's going to turn into a zombie, she's going to have to kill him. And then it happens. And then we get all the way to the end, this guy who survived this atomic or nuclear blast because he was in a safe, which whatever, gets out, gets on a private jet to go to Mexico and then finds out he has a bite on his arm. Like how many hours later? 
what? I, okay, I <laughs> agree with you. I do think it's like the depth of the bite, right? Like that's to me the way they would explain it, right? Like he got grazed, the other ones got like bitten. I, but I agree with you. I agree yeah. where it's just like arbitrary of like really like this is now he's okay. Yeah. I I will say though I had a fine time watching it. I was <laughs> I didn't hate it. I you know I enjoyed parts of it. I I was mostly watching it honestly because I do like Dave Batista mm-hmm. and I love Tig. And I was like, I got, I got to see what they did. Like I had to, I had to see, <laughs> yeah. you know, just reading about how they did it. I was like, I have to see this now. And I love Tig. So. Yeah. I like Tig a lot too. I didn't think Tig. No, Tig in, was not in, like carrying this movie, but. No. And it, well, I was, I was, I, I do like Tig, but I thought that, yeah, like the, the sequence with the helicopter and stuff toward the end of it, I just thought all of, all of the one-liners and stuff and all the, the little things, it was like, Ooh, this is, I mean, not, not good. It's script also, but it just those things weren't landing for me, like as funny when maybe they were supposed to be like quippy and this and that. Like it just wasn't really working for me, and I was like, oh, okay. Wanted I don't think that's Tig's fault. I think that's just like editing, I, I right? Because like did, we have yeah. to like match exactly what was going yeah. on, and so like this was written from the start. Yeah. Or at least it was like mapped to the first performance. Yeah. No, I I I don't think anyone anyone in it was terribly strong, so I don't blame Tig. I just I, I think there's a bigger issue here. I think it's called script. Yes, I agree. And I agree I agree with Jackie's earlier point. Like, Zack Snyder just needs to, like, get an editor or a producer who will push back or something along those lines because it's just bloated. These are so – they're so yeah. bloated. And I do feel like he was trying to work something. I felt – I did feel sad with, like, the father-daughter stuff. Yeah. Because, like, I was like, oh, hey, this too. Is, this is, like, this his is, first movie back, really, from Yeah, it, I was right? like, you're so. trying to you're trying to work something out here. Yeah. Like, you're trying. Yeah, and no, I, I, could, I could feel that. And I, it felt too sincere compared to, like, the other ridiculous – cheesy kind of well, like the german like comedy guy like yeah. i was like what like okay yes totally all over the place yeah yeah well and how okay. did the guy get i mean not that it matters but you know the guy who survived the blast because he was in the safe how did he get out of the safe are we I'd to love believe to know that. the safe like blasted open but he just didn't die you know what i mean i have no like, idea that's I what no i just idea. like is how do you, and i don't understand why the i know he was trying to save him from the one zombie who was there but the german guy in his hero moment and then locking him in the safe that was gonna help him at all I, help him I not turn it. into a zombie but he's gonna be trapped in there forever right what, I is, had he to do? what is he gonna eat like how is he gonna live like I don't <laughs> yeah to die well he can't yep. breathe after a while you know so it's just yeah. i mean the whole thing that just the decisions across the board which you know whatever but it just was so kind of like, this is ridiculous. And then like the fact that they didn't even need the money, that the guy didn't want the money, the rich guy, and he just wanted zombie the blood. blood of, and also zombie head blood. Were were these zombies extraterrestrial or am I crazy? Because well, in the very beginning, the very... they did say a lot about. They... Well, because yeah, they were I leaving Area 51. Aliens. And then yeah. we, do you remember yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the two UFOs leaving at the beginning? Like, I think it's like an right alien disease. Yeah, 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 I would assume. Okay. Yeah, a zombie is being generous, you know. Well, because what's funny is I kind of wanted information on that, which I get that that's not the whole, they wanted you to not care about that kind of stuff, but I kind of wanted a little bit more of kind of like, okay, he wanted, so the rich guy wanted someone to go in there and get some DNA from one or whatever to try to recreate this to create a zombie army, which is like directly from Resident Evil. So ridiculous. I mean, it's directly from Resident Evil, and then the way that they're all trapped in there is exactly Doomsday. It's just like, it was so like derivative, but... I kind of wanted to know more about like what was, so the government had this and then they're going like, what, how did, was this guy an alien or like the big crazy one or was he made from somebody? Like I want, I wanted to know more. <laughs> Which oh maybe I yeah. I assumed, I assumed like a venom symbiote yeah. type scenario. And I, or I, maybe I, not venom where like venom, it talks to him, but you know, right, like, right. you know, parasite. I kind of wanted, I kind of wanted uh, more That's too much to that. ask for this film. 
<laughs> but it was two and a half hours long, so it should have been able to cover Nope, too much that. to ask of this film. I don't know. Which is actually probably a good transition to A Quiet Place 2. I have had which... several things I was going to equate to A Quiet Place 2. <laughs> yes. Jackie did not see it. Jackie, have you seen A Quiet Place, the first one? Yes, and I did okay. not like it, so I did not did want to not watch like it. this one. That's very fair. And Matt, did you like the first one? No. Okay. But I am a horror junkie. Right. And I won't say I watch everything horror because obviously that's crazy. I haven't seen everything horror. But especially when something is getting a lot of attention and stuff, like I have to know and I have to be able yeah. to have an opinion. And I had hoped the first one would be would be good. And I don't think it was a terrible film, but I have major, major complaints about it that I had continued into this one. I think it's so funny because I'm the person who hates horror and I enjoyed A Quiet Place the first time. I do have to tell it the side story. Like I remember seeing it with my friend Kat and we picked the loudest snacks, not on purpose, but we're just we like, all, oh, we, we should did. we should go to like CVS and get like snacks beforehand and, you know, like open them before because we're not monsters. And then it was like a trail mix and like peanut M&Ms and just sitting there. And like another, I ran into another friend and she was on the other side. So I felt like really bad because I was just like, I'm sorry, but I also really am hungry. <laughs> Worst movie to do that during. No, I was with my friend going to that and we were, we were at a promo screening and walked in like two minutes late and there were no trailers. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it was right at the beginning when they're walking home from the store. Like, so, it, you know, I saw, I saw the whole film. But we're walking in and like, I knew it was what it was, but yeah. until you were like really sitting there living in it, it was kind of like hard to imagine how quiet yeah. <laughs> it was going to actually be. And it was like, yeah, Jesus, it felt like, really it was, bad. We had candy. She had popcorn. I would think I had pretzel bites. It was just like this thing where it was like, well, you know, and it was like a sold out in the back when you could do that. And it was sold out theater and all this, whatever. But um, so that was an interesting experience. But it's funny because so I found the first film entertaining enough. I also found this one entertaining. So oh. I will throw I will throw that out there where. I did not watch these films for the first time being like, when is this over? Get me out of here. I want to die or anything like that. Uh-huh. So at, at the base, with what a film is supposed to do, being entertaining us, it does entertain me, if that makes sense. Yeah. It just feels very full of itself. And the first one felt like it was born out of one idea for this like one sequence that we thought would be really cool. So let's just craft a story around the sequence. It's it's the it's the Viva Las Vegas, like, yeah, you know, yeah, 100%. Like, where it's, it was, like, it's like John Krasinski just had this idea. They both feel like a very, to me, kind of, I don't want to say desperate, that feels really mean, but just kind of like a, a attempted homage to uh, the, the kind of tension and uh, suspense you get out of Jurassic Park. Like a kid, like someone like went yeah. and loved, like someone like me who loves Jurassic Park so much. And you watched that Raptors in the kitchen scene or you watched that T-Rex. And like I was jumping out of my skin, sinking down. Like I couldn't, I couldn't survive the scene when I first saw it. And yeah. I, and I, every time I watch it since I'm still that way. I think that is some of the most amazing suspense we've seen. I personally, I've seen it. Yeah, I would okay. agree, which is why I don't equate this. Cause I'm like, hmm. That's what they're constantly trying to recreate here. That kind of, that kind of level of suspense. And it's just like the story is not there accompanying, accompanying it. And it's my, you know, suspension of disbelief that I can't get past here. These aliens come. And in this film, you know, we got to see them arrive, which was kind of, okay, cool, whatever. But it also kind of felt like just an excuse to have John Krasinski in the movie again. And then <laughs> well, it, also, it was an excuse to just like introduce Killian Murphy as not Murphy. a random stranger. Yeah, exactly. And and, you know, it was all fine, even though I still would like to know how 
the family got home from that event that day. I was like, are they home. all stunt drivers? Like, yeah. have they all had stunt training? I know. They are oh, I know. It's insane. Spectacular. But my problem with, with the movies lies in the world building in that these creatures arrive and they are so sensitive to hearing that they you just make a sound and within like a within that next 30 seconds there some one of them's there and it's getting you right yeah and it just drives me insane when i'm watching it the first one and thinking how the hell did you set any of this up at your house how did you do any of this like how Mm. did like all the all the poles they put up with the light systems with all the things like everyone who's surviving it's like you had to build all this infrastructure and they all these things and things are boarded up and nailed up places and it's like all of this makes so much noise where you won't even wear shoes in the forest. And you had to lay sand somehow silently, by the way, pour sand in an entire pathway for you to get all the way where you want to go shopping every other day. None of this makes, none of this could happen. These things yeah. would have gotten you. And then on top of that, no one thought to even imagine that these things might be like really sensitive to sound. If they can well, hear you that well, that maybe loud sounds would be bad for them. We also talked about this too, where it's like, and this is original. And then we talked about it a little this weekend, but it was like, why wouldn't you just make loud sounds that happened all the time so they were just confused regularly? I would so they create had no a idea where you were. My friend was you like, know? why don't they live under waterfalls? Like, why doesn't everyone live by a waterfall? Like, yeah. we saw that in the first movie. They go to a mm-hmm. waterfall and it's like, okay, here's a safe place to like scream or whatever. Yeah. And I, and I can appreciate the whole kind of like, no one knew this was coming. It arrived and all of a sudden only some people survived because like the ones who smartened up and were able to survive did. But I but also it, just don't believe that like every intelligent human that lives on the planet didn't realize that something that was that sensitive would have a range of sound that hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what fair. I said. I was like, yeah, it's like, it, like, it seems like such an obvious conclusion, you know, to kind of jump to, which, okay, cool, whatever. But the world was already hard for me. And then the entire sequence in the first one with her giving birth silently to a baby that wasn't crying and to all the, I just, I can't, I can't do it. Not only that, like the first one I agree is problematic, but I generally enjoyed it, right? I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for some of these things, right? Like I'm willing to suspend my disbelief that they very, very quietly laid out the sand and like hung the lights and maybe there were moments of peace and quiet that they were able to do this. But the idea that Emily Blunt as far as I could tell, two takes place immediately after one, Immediately, right? yeah. Yeah, so she has just birthed a baby mm-hmm. and is uh, stepped stepped on like a giant nail at the end of it and, you know, and, and yet they're fine to go about and like try and, you know, move on and find safety. And also, yes, I get that the aliens like infiltrated your area to start, but why would you abandon your safe house? Like never. it was still relatively safe. Yeah. Right? Oh, like never. did I miss something? It's like they only went because they were like trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? And then they, I think it's like when the, when the girl, the daughter lit the beacon and then Killian Murphy's character lit his beacon and she saw there was someone else, they decided to go there. And then they have that casual line of dialogue later where they're like, when you saw it, when he would light it before, did you know it was him? And Killian's he's like, like, yeah, yeah, I did. But only just now decided to respond to it. But it's like this thing where it just was so like, okay, now let's just do this. Whereas, I would have just rather, why couldn't it just be a thing where the house got destroyed or something or something crazy, sure. right? And then, and you have to they're find forced, somewhere they're new. Forced. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, that was kind of dumb to, you know, in itself. But the film, and the first one kind of was like this too, but this one especially, I felt every sequence, and there were some sequences where I was a, a little on the edge of my seat. Like there was some suspense that I liked, but overall, every single thing that, com- that contributed to this plot in any way was 
to me, 100% relied on the fact that the characters were stupid. Like they were just <laughs> making dumb decisions. Uh-huh. Just dumb choices. And that's what made this whole film happen. You know what I mean? And, that, and yeah. that's what really like, I was like, okay, this is when you make a movie. He had an idea, made a movie, and then everyone loved it. So now you're making a sequel. And now it sounds like there's probably another one. And so it's like, it's just this thing that should not have become a franchise. I'm looking at you conjuring. Should not have become a franchise <laughs> is now just getting franchised. Because I agree. Like I, I really like John Krasinski. I liked the first one enough. Maybe if it had not taken place immediately after the first one. You know, maybe some time has passed. Maybe like another set of circumstances forces them into moving on or whatever. Totally fine. But the fact that it was like moments after the first one took place, and also like no offense to the kids, but they're getting older. Like yeah, it's they look you can't. Older. <laughs> yeah, like it's not it's not a bad thing, but it's like yes, you're aging. And then to go back to what Jackie was saying earlier about the zombie apocalypse. So you know, since Jackie, you didn't see this one. At some point, they find like an island and they follow a song. Uh, beyond the Somewhere sea, beyond the sea, yeah. yeah, beyond the sea. They follow a song and go to like an island because what is it? The creatures can't swim. Yeah, and there's a whole colony of people. They came what? from outer space, but they can't get to an never, island. Never took swimming lessons. Well, we don't know if their planet had water. I mean, that's always that's yeah. They, like, I guess that's you know, fair. it's like science. I mean, I they guess couldn't so, go near the water. They, couldn't yeah. they fly their spaceship there? I don't. It looks like their spaceship. It looked crash like they crash landed because yeah. it was like in this one you see it kind of arrive and it's on it's like flaming down to earth. But I don't okay. really know. I don't know if they. Yeah. But either way, there's this whole colony of people who have been like surviving and are fine and doing whatever and resting on their laurels. And then the dum dums come by boat. Like a, what is it? The daughter and and Killian Murphy show up and bring one with them. No, it's it. No, it was another. So. So what happened, because I was laughing at that. I might have missed what happened there. So when they jump, they go onto the boat. One of them that like was on another boat and that the one that jumped in the water to try to get Killian Murphy and then couldn't, whatever. Another one was on another boat. And so there's a shot that kind of pans out and you see our our heroes sailing and then you see another boat going this way and it has the creature on it. So that boat eventually just... So they the learned island. to sail, is what we're well, yeah, <laughs> not actually. It, it, but yeah. it magically just like crash landed on the island and then was there to kill everybody. Okay, and... that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. My other problem, and I admit I have not seen the first one since the theater because I, I just was like, I'm not going to watch that again. So correct me if I'm wrong. If you have seen it more recently or know no. people who have, <laughs> I didn't seemingly didn't realize until this film that these creatures were not eating people. They are just slapping people just killing them for the hell of it and like just slapping they just want to kill everybody and i was like already the stakes i'm like it just was like what is the point of this like every scene because you see them a lot more in this obviously yeah which which, i thought was a big mistake like i agree it's the classic jaws thing where it's like the less you see it the scarier it actually is yeah and it's something where we kept seeing them here and every time they're attacking a bunch of people whatever they're just slapping them like backhanding them really hard and slamming them against this or that or blah 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 I, in the first one, like when the sun gets taken at the beginning, I thought that was really sad. And to me, and it's still sad no matter what, but I, I kind of thought that, it, that he got eaten. I don't know. I thought they were feeding on people. I thought like, what they are were they feeding doing? on people as well. But, but you, so, know, okay, you don't so see a maybe... single person get eaten in this. And on that train, you just see a bunch of dead people. Like they're just killing everybody. Maybe no it's reason. like they're so annoyed by the sound. That they, are, they just gotta kill you. Yeah. If they kill the like source of it, but they're so annoyed by the sound, but they keep on screaming and growling all the time. That was the other thing I couldn't stand. Is I was like, if I mean, you're so like annoyed, a, a noise that's foreign to them, I could. I, I, I guess, but if the, but if sound is just that offensive to them, like, My, like they hear it that well, I'm like why are you so loud? 
favorite thing in the world. And I still like is in the first movie, there's that whiteboard and, and John Krasinski and his little like, you know, den. It just says, what is the weakness on the whiteboard? Like that is my yeah. favorite thing. Yeah. In almost any film. To make the <laughs> like, viewer think, ooh, we should be thinking about that. We should, yeah. Like, yeah. let's plant this. Yeah. We don't trust our audience enough. No, I yeah. I agree. It's I agree 100%. with you. And I just feel like everyone on that little, like, safety island was so dumb and did not deserve to survive oh. the zombie apocalypse and somehow did. And I was like, yeah. how? How yeah, did it you? Just, it was so crazy. Like, yeah, how did you make it? And then the people at the dock. I mean, there was the little line that Killian Murphy dropped where he was like, yeah, the people here, you know, the people that are left aren't the type worth saving and blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, you don't know, do you? And so, like, okay, we're going to see something. And then they get to the dock, and then they're just, like, these weird zombie people with, like, infections on their faces and warts and stuff. And I was like, what? And then they tie them up or whatever. But I was like, what are they doing? And Like, why? I thought we were going to get, oh, they're living by the water because they know that things can't come by the water or something. But I was like, no, they were just. Maybe they they were going to eat them. (laughs) Maybe. But it was just so weird. And I was like, what is, what's going on? You know, it just, the whole thing. And I, I don't know. I. It's a it's a bummer. And then just because even though I didn't expect to like it, I was, you know, I, I, I dropped a little shade to The Conjuring. I really don't like that first movie. I loved that second movie. And then I don't know why they're still happening. So I kind of thought, well, maybe this will make me, maybe I'll like this one. Like now that I can kind of get to a point where I'm like accepting what world we're living in now and just like yeah. whatever, you know, but yeah, still it just was like not for me. It had the reverse effect for me where I was like, I would like the first one a lot. And I'm like, oh, it's tainting it. That's always the worst. Why did you do this? That'll be what oh, happens to the Cruella you... sequel for me, probably. <laughs> well, it read, you know, retroactively, you end up kind of being like, oh, now you yeah. can ruin this. Your mistakes have been made. Yeah. Well, we tried. We tried with our zombies. We tried with our dog murderers. We I will say, best. I'm seeing that this movie is getting a lot of really good reviews. Though. Like People are loving it. So Quiet Place 2? Yeah. I'm seeing people talking about like how awesome it was all over. I, I know, which kind of worries me. Yeah. And again, I really like John Krasinski. I think he's like one of the nicest people. Mm-hmm. But I just was like, dude, this is not. I don't think, and to be fair to him, you know, the problems, and, it, and Matt touched on this quite a bit, so sorry to reiterate, but I guess I don't, I think he's a decent director. I think that like, you know, it was entertaining enough. I just think that someone needed to work on the story a whole lot more before we got to the point yeah. where it was being made. That's fair. I guess it's the same as like Zack Snyder, right? It's like, yeah, but I mean, rushed into production because they're like, name. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely like entertaining enough compared to some awful movies I've seen, you know, uh, as much as like I probably won't watch A Quiet Quiet Place 2 ever and I probably won't watch A Quiet Place the first one ever again. But it's not like one of those situations where I hate it so much that I would like not watch it if someone really wanted to. But if I was hanging out with someone and they really wanted to watch it, it wouldn't be the worst thing I've ever put on. Okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not the most terribly made, you know, see, you know, films. Yeah, so I don't think that, I don't, it's just I will still give him some leeway to direct other films that I may enjoy at some point. He's definitely not on like a blacklist of mine or anything. Uh-huh. I just think that they really could have spent more time in pre. I would give him a little bit of leeway, I guess, maybe as a director. And I, like I said, I think he can do some suspense and this and that in ways that, you know, okay, cool, that was suspenseful. But for me, it's it's a story, you know, it's a script, it's his idea, it's all these things. And like, and I don't necessarily trust his, even in these sequences that we talked about, like when we just talked about the ba- the first one, the baby being born and all this stuff. It's so ridiculous and over the top, just like no effing way 
that I don't trust him to make those decisions to be able to like effectively make a story that I think makes a lot of sense. And that's the part where I struggle. So I would definitely give him a shot. Like if he made something else, like I would, I'm not saying, oh, it's gonna be the worst thing ever. It's not like we're talking about like. No, I mean, it depends on the trailer. Like if you can put out a good, uh, the problem is that Quiet Place, the first trailer was great. So, you know, I thought the trailers were good. But I would say if he does another good trailer, I'm down to try it. But this is really make or break for him. The next movie, because if it's got one more chance, because I mean, honestly, if it's incoherent, like I felt like a quiet place was, then I will also just be like, okay, I'm not sure. I definitely don't trust you, Uh, but I'm willing to still give him a little bit of leeway. I guess that's fair. Like I, the thing I liked, especially about like a quiet place, the first one was like, it, it was an original, you know, it's not the most original thing, but it was original, right? Like it wasn't based on anything. It wasn't an adaptation. It was fine. Like the concept was fine. You know, it was, it was decently executed, but then when all of the logic, like it already had logic problems when it all just goes out the window for the second one, it just feels like you're just making it for the sake of making money. And that's when I'm like, no, we, we got, we got some problems. Yeah. And I agree with that. And I think that's part of why I, I can see that perspective and I agree with it. And I think that's part of what drives me in the opposite direction where sometimes we've talked about this before with a couple of films where sometimes when you have something that's like, okay, this is not so terrible that it's just like, oh, I'm laughing because this is terrible. It's almost like, oh, you almost made something good because there are merits here. Yeah. But then you miss the buck in this way or that way, in my opinion it almost becomes more frustrating and I dislike it more than I otherwise would have. Whereas if it was like, it's funny. Yeah. Creatively done in a way that made sense, but wasn't as good quality wise. I probably would love it because I'd be like, Oh, well I wish this was better, but like, I love the idea. Like the first saw, for example, you know, basement movie, but, but the story was cool in my mind. Yeah. I feel like, and this is not a great comparison because I will say that I feel like this person I'm going to mention has made actual great movies, but it reminds me a lot, and it's funny because I was just thinking about this, like M. Night Shyamalan and some of his movies and like watching him sort of downfall into incoherent messes of films that didn't actually make sense, right? Whereas like, of course, the first couple movies, he did, I mean, I love The Village, you know, speaking of movies that have really good tension um, and have really good uh, suspense in them. I, I really liked that movie. But I will say that like, his other movies get pretty bad and it's so disappointing because you know that he can do it. I think his best film is The Happening. Personally. Oh, no. So good. I, I, I've I seen one of his films and that it was Signs. Okay, well, I was joking. You can't tell them, but yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, um, okay, I was like, I, I got happening it. Is, the Happening is the one that probably would remind me the most of this franchise. Yes. Okay. Uh, it is worse than these movies. But yeah, much worse than these Mark movies. Wahlberg? Is that? Yeah, it's Mark sure Wahlberg. Was. I think Zoe Deschanel. Um, and then it yeah, turns out the trees are killing them. It's like the air. They're running <laughs> yeah. from air the whole time. Sure. It's really, it really good. Thing. When you said directors who like had a good track record to start with, this is going to be an unpopular. I, the first person who popped into my mind was Peter Jackson. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Oh, of course. I mean, we love, I mean, I love Lord of the Rings, you know, oh, more absolutely. than the average yeah, like, person. But I will say that, you know, not much since then has been great. So I did not see his documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old. I didn't. I thought that was good. I thought it was good, but I I put documentary filmmaking in a kind of different category, which it's I I agree with that. And like, I'm I'm very interested in his Beatles documentary, but I was like, this is not the same as telling a fiction narrative. Yeah. So exactly. And I think with him, you know, I agree with that. I knew she was going the Shyamalan route because I was like, (laughs) it's 
you know, it's very true. Although I think he's made somewhat of a comeback kind of recently a little bit in a different way. But like, yeah, he's he's going to kind of be. Yeah, I still haven't watched the Apple Plus show and I, I know I need to. Yes, Servant I um, love. Cool. And I think yeah. He's done some like more when he stopped having such a budget and doing things like The Visit, things like that. I thought that was great. He's, and he's one of those he people who budget, needs, it's like, ooh. he needs a partner who tells him no about things, it turns out. With someone like Peter Jackson, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is amazing and one of the greatest feats in filmmaking of all time, if you ask me. And ever since then, you know, like The Lovely Bones was, <laughs> and then like King Kong, I was not into. I liked moments in King Kong, but overall as a whole, I was not into it. And it's just, he's, in my opinion, never really been able to recapture that one thing he did so well. And, and the funny thing is, I do, I like Heavenly Creatures too. So if we're talking about like movies before Lord of the Rings. Before, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that also. I just think he can't be trusted apparently with a big budget slash he needs partners who can tell him no a little bit more. I mean, I we, we talk time and time again, right, about like people being told no at a certain, not being told no at a certain point. And it's, mm-hmm. and I think, I think, again, I, I say this with sort of clinical knowledge of M. Night Shyamalan's body of work, but I'm like, he ended up painting himself into a corner where it's like, you expect a twist, you expect a twist, you expect a twist. And I do think John Krasinski, for example, doesn't have enough under his belt that people are like, I expect this from a John Krasinski film. So he has time to maneuver. Like he has time to, I think Peter Jackson, it's like you come out with Lord of the Rings and people expect big epic. And when you don't deliver on like King Kong, you know, you, you are, you are setting yourself up very precariously with something with that large of expectations versus like, you know, a quiet place, which had no expectations on it. Totally. I mean, to that point, I mean, like Peter Jackson tried to make heavenly or I'm sorry, um, the lovely bones into more of a kind of fantasy spectacular than it was, or should have been even in ways like, so it's like, yeah, he was trying to constantly live up. Yeah. And, and so I agree with that. And my fear is that here with John, is that because people are receiving this so well, he won't think he has to correct course correct at all. And I yeah, worry about I, that. I agree with that. Cause <laughs> I, know? I don't know. Like, I don't know if people, because he is like a really nice person and is like, well liked if people are just like not giving him like, What's you know, I saw George some Q and A. Yeah, a bit, but I saw some Q and A with like JJ Abrams and JJ Abrams who like, again, track record is a, Mess. has ups and downs as well. But he was like, you've just created something super wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if you'd said this about the first movie, maybe, but I don't. I will say my theater all clapped at the end. Oh God! Yeah, everybody. I, and it was pretty. I mean, distance around. I've us, only but it heard was, good it was things, pretty crowded. so I feel like you know. Maybe um, we're being overly critical. Maybe it's just. But or people are we, not we being critical. Who now. we are, know. you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would. I'm gonna live my unlikely. truth um, about it. Uh, but I will yeah. say that, like. It might just be for the crowd who liked Transformers, you know, and I am never going to be that person. So, I mean, Michael Bay is a producer, so, you know, and those, Nail in the head. you know, and those type of films I will just never be into. So if you just want, you know, flashy spectacle and, and stuff and you don't want to think about it, then maybe. Oh, my God. Sorry. I heard like an Apple turn on sound and I don't know where it came no, from. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. It scared the shit out of me. It scared me more than A Quiet Place too. <laughs> <laughs> And and Army of the Dead put together. And Army of the Dead put together. Where did that come from? Okay. First one I'm willing to recommend. This one, not, not so much. Yeah, I don't unless you live for the first one and I can't wait to see it. I'm not going to tell you not to see it because I, for me, I dislike them on pretty similar levels. So I just went, eh. But uh, I could totally respect that. Yeah. All right. Well, 
We shall reconvene. Thank you both. Yes, thank you all. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of follow-up points. So the Emma Stone film that I was referencing earlier is called Aloha. It came out in 2015, which really is not that long ago. There is no excuse for what happened. Emma Stone plays a character called Allison Ng, who is explicitly a quarter Asian. And Cameron Crowe, who is the director, issued a statement about it, which is not an apology. It should have been an apology, but it was not an apology. And in his sorry, not sorry, he said, as far back as 2007, Captain Allison Ng was written to be a super proud quarter Hawaiian who was frustrated that by all outward appearances, she looked nothing like one. A half Chinese father was meant to show the surprising mix of cultures often prevalent in Hawaii, extremely proud of her unlikely heritage. She feels personally compelled to over-explain every chance she gets. The character was based on a real-life redheaded local who did just that. Okay, but if it's based on a real-life quarter Chinese person, you it, it's not that hard to find them in Hawaii. Like, I, I can assure you, it's not that hard to find them in the wild either. Like, you didn't need... Emma Stone. It's not an apology. Cameron Crowe did say don't blame Emma Stone for it, which I don't think is completely fair. You are culpable for the roles you choose to take, but Cameron Crowe is certainly more complicit in that it was his film. And then as for Zack Snyder, was trying to find if his art crew or if there was just sort of like a group of people that he constantly collaborated with and was actually surprised that he doesn't really, he changes it up a lot. There are a couple people who work on multiple of his films. I think the person who has been on the most of them, aside from maybe his wife, Deborah Snyder, who's his producer, is his cinematographer, Larry Fong. He did 300 Watchmen, Sucker Punch, and Batman vs. Superman. Zack Snyder himself is credited as the cinematographer for Army of the Dead, but I was looking at the art directors and the art teams for, you know, some of his bigger movies, and it's not the same group of people, but Zack Snyder certainly has a style to his work. I give him credit for bringing visual consistency to it, but consistency isn't always a great thing. Variance can be exciting. Variety is the spice of life, after all. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.